This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the program, the busy, crazy, wild, drama-filled offseason for the Winnipeg Jets continues to move forward. Uh, June 13th, uh, we have the draft coming up uh, in two weeks' time. It's going to be on the 28th, so we're just uh, two weeks plus a day removed from the NHL draft. Um, Jim Toth, I mean, uh, things are really getting getting hot as it, uh, as it's just like you have no idea what to respond to that. I'm not sure. <laughs> Things are getting what, hot. I like, should have come up with a better like, oh, word. Oh, that's hot, bro. Oh man. Or do you mean like, it's, man, it's hot? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. You know what? I don't even know. I'm not even there. Well, I'm I'll not. tell you what. One of the most dashing men in hockey, Peter Laviolette, has a new job. He's the new head coach of the New York Rangers. Ryan yep. Huska yesterday named the new head coach for the Calgary Flames, which I like that higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laviolette in, in New York is interesting. Um, just the re recirculation, right? Like he's had yeah. some high end teams. He's had some immediate impact. And then, um, but the search that they had and the names that were out there, uh, kind of interesting that he landed in New York with that crew, but will he be Pierre-Luc Dubois head coach? We don't know. It's all possible. Now, I, as I teased yesterday, and actually I just confirmed Craig Button's going to be joining us on Thursday at this time. So make sure you're tuned in for that. That's going to be coming up on Thursday. Uh, but Darren Dreger, NHL insider, I was able to catch up with him earlier today to talk about all the stuff going on with the Winnipeg Jets, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Connor Hallebuck, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, and I also wanted to expand on some thoughts. And this was a conversation that Jim and I were having uh, earlier on uh, yesterday, I, I, I should say, about some members of the Jets being upset with the lack of action uh, at the deadline. There was an, an idea among some of the players that that there needed to be more support, and the Winnipeg Jets, as an organization, and general manager Kevin Chivaldayoff, should have been uh, more active in acquiring pieces to help them uh, with, with, the, with the playoff push. We all know what happened in January and February and all that sort of thing and the decisions that the, that the team was making. So I was able to sit down with, with Darren Dreger earlier this morning, and I asked him uh, about what that says about the players and what it says about their dissatisfaction with the organization or perhaps the team's dissatisfaction with the players. So, Dregs, how you doing? Well, I should probably turn. See, it's a good thing that I teed up that this was pre-recorded, or I'd really look like a boob right now. Okay, Dregs, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Doing good. So, I wanted to get your thoughts on a conversation you're having on your podcast with, with Ray Ferraro and the Ray and Dregs podcast. Some of the Jets players being upset about sort of the quote-unquote lack of action at the deadline. Um, in, in, in your opinion, what does that say about the players within the organization, or perhaps? Uh, maybe expand on the dissatisfaction with the organization as well its players? Well, number one, I, I think that there's an excellent communication line there, um, management, coaching, coaching players. And I think that that was improved with the hiring of Rick Bonus and, and the tough decisions that, that Bonus made, especially to that leadership group initially. I'm not looking at, at anything being malicious here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know, look, guys, I work the phones a lot. I know how hard Shevel Dayoff and management tried to better the lineup, the roster, leading up to the trade deadline. There are a couple of things here in play. Number one, 
when you're when you're dealing or having conversations about players that are going to make your team better, or you know what, let's say top line player, top six, top four defense. Normally, those players have trade protection, and it's a harsh reality. It's it's unfortunate. I mean, if you spend Winnipeg, you learn how great the city is, and if you spend ten minutes around the Winnipeg Jets as an organization, you quickly realize how great the team is. So it's not like Shovel Dayoff isn't having conversations about those top line players. Since the fitting, the ask is out of whack, or the player just flat out won't go to Winnipeg. That's that's just a harsh reality. So when when you talk about an all in concept, which I think that was the messaging to the players last season. Um, I think a lot of those players felt like, okay, this is maybe, maybe as a group, our last kick of the cat. And that's why we're having the conversation this morning that we're having about Connor Hellebuck, about Dubois, and potentially Mark Shifley, and throw Blake Wheeler into that equation as well. Because the players knew contractually that last season might have been their last kick as a group. Shovel Day Up brought in a couple of interesting pieces, pieces that made the Winnipeg Jets better. They weren't game changers. Game changers weren't available to Winnipeg. So it's unfortunate. I don't think that there's any malice in that between the player and the players involved from last season directed at shovel layoff and management. I really don't. In terms of Blake Wheeler, you just mentioned him. Uh, it, this is, I mean, you're, you're talking about lots of tough sells here in situations. I mean, um, salary retention, buyout for Blake Wheeler. I mean, although I can ask you for your, uh, ask you on this is your opinion on that, but which way yeah. do you think that the Winnipeg Jets are leaning? Well, uh, this is not a, an insider opinion or an informed yeah. opinion, so I want to make that clear yeah. um, because I am accused of being a pipeline on occasion. I don't know if you guys have heard that before. I, no, never, um, never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, teams don't like buying out players, right? You know, and, and Winnipeg Jets are a cap team, so they're, they passed the stage of being a budget team a long, long time ago. But owners don't love having dead money on their salary cap. And that's what happens when you've got the buyout. It feels to me, my gut feel is that a buyout is more likely. Because what else do you have? What else do you have? You're retaining money or you're sweetening a trade to move that player up. I've had, you know, other teams say, oh, I wonder if, you know, Minnesota would be a good fit for Blake Wheeler. Well, yeah, we can understand that because of the history of Blake Wheeler and, and why the Minnesota Wild could be a good fit. You know, Billy Guerin isn't taking on Winnipeg's problems. He's just not. And nor is he looking to get slower, with all due respect to Blake Wheeler. I think a, a trade gets for Blake Wheeler unless you're willing to retain sweetener and maybe both. So uh, the buyout could be the easier, even though, again, management and, and owners don't love buying out players and having that money on the books. So that was the first part of our convers- my conversation with Darren Dreger. We'll be listening to the second part after the 1230 News coming up with, with, with Jeff Braun here on 680 CJOB. Uh, well, let's because that was the final question, we'll get into some of those options as well about, uh, about the trade deadline and sort of your initial thoughts on that. But uh, Blake Wheeler, uh, buyout, trade, salary retention, I think it's all on the table. Um, it's... It goes down to the to the to the question is are the Winnipeg Jets a former captain a guy who was here when the team was acquired from Atlanta are they willing to buy out a guy like that are they willing to trade at a loss to get his money off the books is which I think it would it, it, it would cost 
So what's the situation going on with 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 Blake Wheeler? What are they going to do about this? Um, and, and it's like a buyout might not be an option for all those reasons I just specified, Jim. But then at the same time, it might be his best option, like to to to, to get him to go to another team. And it might be the best option for the team to get, you know, just to move on from the situation with him if and so they choose to do that. Um, but that's just kind of my initial. Well, look, I, look I agree it. with what he's saying with the buyout. The other thing is that some people forget is Blake Wheeler's jersey is going to go up to the rafters. Um, we're absolutely well within 10 no, to 20 years of no, him. No doubt being done. Um, and the optics of buying him out because they don't want him here anymore. And doing that is, is tough. Do I think he could be bought out? Yes. Do I think it's the last option? I think it's the last option. The deals that they're going to do, in my opinion, if let's just do Dubois and Hellebuck, you're going to return with those two players, five to seven players. I think you're going to get four to five players in return for those two players that are going to be on the roster. Cap-wise, if you have $8 million going into the season and you can buy him out, have $4 million left, and have $4 million of dead money, I think that's the option, the way to go. But I do think it's – I think you trade him, pay half of it, and, you know, go forward that way. Um, but I just think he's part of the things that has to go. And I think Blake wants to go at this point, yeah, which I, I, I don't think he'll ever admit that. To me, like Blake probably losing the captaincy is the same as this, where he'll never admit that he – and he doesn't, didn't want to lose a captaincy, but he sort of understood that, you know, maybe in the long run that was what's best for him. So Yeah. Well, on the other side of this, let's take a break. Let's come back when we return on the other side of the Boston Pizza Sports Minute. I, I want to talk about the other thing that Darren Dreger spoke about. We'll hear the second part of my conversation again after 1230 with Jeff Braun uh, about the players and sort of – you know, and and text the show, please two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Did the did the did the players also feel, and the organization also feel that this was going to be sort of the last chance for this for this group to sort of make a shot at at going for the cup? Is 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 there malice? Is or is this just sort of an understanding from the players and organization that change is coming? We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Again, text the show 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Love to hear text messages from you guys. Always love getting some feedback. We'll hear part two of my conversation with Darren Dreger. If you missed the first part, just find us uh, at Jets at noon at like the email. Um, the email symbol, and you can listen to it on uh, Apple Apple, and Spotify and all the places you find uh, your podcast if you missed the first part. The second part we'll hear right after 1230 uh, with uh, uh, news with, with Jeff Braun coming up here. But there was an interesting little uh, little tidbit that I, I, I picked up. It was the opening question that I asked. Uh, I asked Aaron Dreger uh, about the conversation about the players not being happy with the deadline and the acquisition of the deadline. And, and based on his answer... And how it's kind of got me thinking was, and, and what he had said was that if it's sort of as, as we're sort of starting it, this whole thing to start to unfold, and maybe it wasn't malicious, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, we're not sure. Um, but it, it seems like the players also knew, Jim, that this was going to be the last kick at the can and this was going to be their final opportunity. And the players' mentality was, yeah, we, we, we know that we weren't very good in January and February, but we, we, we were in first place before the calendar year year turned 2023. This is our opportunity. We need help. We need to go. We need some pieces here to take us to the next level. And the organization was saying, 
listen, we're we're in on these conversations. We're in on these supposed quote unquote difference makers. But given the fact that we're in Winnipeg and the challenges that come with that, Jim, it, it just didn't happen. You guys are going to have to do it yourself. And also, I have to think the organization wasn't willing to give away first round picks and some of their key prospects. Well, as which I've was learned, the right thing yeah, to do. And I've said on the show, as I've learned for the weeks after the deadline, as many people from around the the hockey world told me, the Jets can't operate like that. They cannot give away the future because the future is the only way they know they'll have players for six to seven years. On contracts, and I have no doubt the players knew, like Connor Hellebuck, Mark Scheife, everybody knows their contract status. Pierre-Luc Dubois especially knew that this probably was their last sort of go-round. They know that they're not going to let these guys walk to free agency, and they know that they're not going to start a season with guys that they're going to move. So I think the players are well aware of the situation going in. That's another reason why I banked on them. I thought yeah. from 2018 to now, all the experience and disappointment you've had and added to the fact that this could be your last run as a core together, that's why I bet on him this year. And then game five. We're going to be talking about game five for the rest of my life. I know that. Let's take a break. Let's come back. News with Jeff Braun on the other side. Then we'll listen to the second part of my conversation with Darren Dreger, NHL Insider. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back to the show. Camera Poitras, Jim Toth. Jeff Braun's favorites uh, loves chatting with us here yeah. on the yeah. airwaves, particularly right. when I don't tell him what we're going to be talking about. I have, a, I have a non-sports question for Jeff today, though. Yeah, go for it. In this Trump, Uh-oh. is it a cavalcade? Is it a parade? Motorcade. Motorcade. Thank you. Um, who are in these? Like, why is there His seventeen people. of them? Just some of the greatest people. Do we I have, have to, do no have to talk about but Donald like Trump on this sports show? The police car, I get. There's three other, no, we don't, but there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. T- what I, who are in this? Like, people with guns that are uh, sworn <laughs> to protect him, okay? Oh, like, okay. He Sorry. himself must travel with security. As a former president, he, of course, has afforded some Secret Service detail. <laughs> and, uh, and I would expect the city of Miami has uh, bolstered some of his ranks as well just yeah. to keep things safe. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. thanks. I, and that I'm was not. Fun. Try, I, I guess I'm trying to be funny, but I'm not trying. That was fun. <laughs> I just I don't I don't understand it. Like I, I get is like, it, when, is the when, question when Guns is the Roses, question what? where's Jim's motorcade when he goes places? <laughs> no, 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 is, this what, is this what you want? Do you want a motorcade? <laughs> no, I just when Guns and Roses don't get along, Jim's going to BDI. There's five to need a motorcade. There's five to seven of them in a band. Yeah, and so you need seven vehicles because they don't want to ride together. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like there's 13 vehicles here. Well, it's 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 a totally different. It's everything is different, right? It's when Stephen when, when the Jets came back, Stephen Harper was sitting in the crowd as the Prime Minister of Canada, right? He was sitting in the crowd at at what at the time was even Bell if and you TSM. have you see the the leader of the official opposition or whatever. Even if or, you have eight had, lawyers, they're, they're walking by themselves in airports. There's it's just different. We're just different countries. There's four to an SUV. You don't need. I don't. I don't know. I don't like. I want to know what the gas mileage on those things is because it's not high. Anyways. I mean, can I get a job just riding in an SUV? Riding? <laughs> well, no. what are these people doing? Like, I don't. Keep an eye out. Know. There's for 17 vehicles in this, in this motorcade. I suppose, I suppose some of it is uh, to keep you guessing which one he might be in. As a safety measure. Yeah, and the bottom line is I don't care which one he's in. So let's move on. They've, yeah, they've learned from... Uh, <laughs> The grassy knoll. I, I hope he's in the Honda at the back. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Brian. Thanks, yeah. Jeff. Thanks sure. for that insight. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, it's just <laughs> I don't I don't understand any of this. 
Nah, it's... I was on the air yesterday when his plane landed, and nine vehicles rolled up. The plane opened. Well, let's he see got into one many, of them, and the nine vehicles rolled away, and I'm like, who are in these other eight vehicles? You know what your day needs to be? How many cars does Biden have? It, it, does Biden have as many cars okay, as this? Just bear with me. One, two, three, four, five, oh six, God. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. This texter says Trudeau had five SUVs and ten guys in Portage La Prairie a few weeks ago. So. Five it's SUVs, though, though, but that's his. That's security. Okay, let's, let's let's move on. Staff. So continuing on with my conversation with Darren Dreger, we played the first part uh, earlier on in the show. Moving never, on. Never I'm been ch- in an SUV that big? No, never. Uh, we played part one of the show. <laughs> part, now it's all too rare. It's, no, let's get this. Okay. is more important. Yeah. Uh, we played the second part of, uh, we played the first part with Darren Dreger. Again, if you missed it, just catch it on the podcast or listen to it on the audio vault here on 680 CJOB. Um uh, so anyways, we're continuing on the conversation. I sat down with Darren Dreger earlier today and I asked him, of course, the biggest question of all, what's the latest on the ongoing situation here in Winnipeg where the drama is nothing short of high? Oh, well, it's obviously continuing to develop. Um, you know, I, 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 I respect the speculation and it's across the board. It's not generated locally. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys are talking a lot about it with good reason. Um, but, I mean, there's media across the National Hockey League that is talking about the what-ifs, the possibilities around the Winnipeg Jets. Um, but I don't, I don't believe the Winnipeg Jets look at this as an urgent matter. I think that we have to remind people, um, you know, Winnipeg would prefer to not have to trade anyone, mm-hmm. uh, but they haven't committed yet to trading anyone or extending anyone. You're just looking realistically at some of the, the issues that Chevrolet and company are going to have to face we know that Pierre-Luc Dubois has made it, I would say, fairly clear that he's not signing in, in Winnipeg. But, you know, again, remind everyone here, Winnipeg owns Pierre-Luc Dubois' rights for one more season. Um, so they're not just going to march him out the door. There's got to be high-quality return. And I would say the same with Connor Hellebuck as he goes into the final year of his deal. You can look at those two men as diminishing assets if there isn't anything done over the course of – uh, the remainder of this off season, because again, as we know, it gets more complicated in season to make trades of this magnitude to develop. I'm sure Chevy is taking calls, getting calls, making calls on all the players that are potentially here in play. So, what what kind of return do you think that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be going for for say PLD? And we'll get we'll get to Hellebuck in just a second. Uh, for Dubois? Yeah, yeah, for Dubois. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question because you you can look at different teams. I mean, you know, again, collectively, the media has has done a good job of of aligning Pierre-Luc Dubois with the Montreal Canadiens. Mm -hmm. I know that Kent Hughes, the GM of the Habs, has interest in Pierre-Luc Dubois. Who wouldn't? I mean, he's a big, strong center that would make the Canadiens better. So look at the Canadiens roster if that's where we're going. It can't just be about futures for the Winnipeg Jets. You know, Winnipeg isn't conceding next year. Yeah, of course, there could be a, a renovation or a retool. Use whatever R word you want. But there's got to be good young NHL players that are part of, of these trades, be it for Pierre-Luc Dubois, Connor Hellebuck, Mark Scheifele, go, go down the list here. You know, Winnipeg isn't going to flat-out roll over. But when you're, when you're entering quality players, players of this magnitude into the trade market, uh, you have to be willing to be creative, but that cuts both ways. So 
the ask here is going to be significant for all of these guys. Yeah, and, and Mark Scheifele, and I, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Darren. You know, with with uh, Dubois, you know, potentially perhaps on his way out, Connor Hellebuck uh, indicating, you know, with reports that he's not looking to re-sign in, in, in Winnipeg. Where does this leave the situation with Mark Scheifele? Because th- th- it's interesting to me because, just as you said, the Winnipeg Jets would prefer not to have to trade anyone or extend anyone and and sort of take their time with these decisions. Is is Mark Scheifele a, a potentially a, a player that, that the Jets would say, we're, we're going to sort of wait and see how things go, but, you know, perhaps we would like to retain Mark Shifley and, and keep him with the team. Well, that makes some sense, uh, and I don't think that that decision has ultimately been made yet, and maybe the market dictates what direction you go in, in making that decision. You know, there's also opportunity here, right? And I think the fan base, an educated fan base around the Winnipeg Jets knows this. Um, there's, there's opportunity to the look of this organization you know the jets have been super competitive for a number of years with this core group but they haven't been able to get over the hump so okay here's here's a chance to include these players in something significant that obviously will change the direction of this team you know maybe there are some initial growing pains but if mark shifley has to be part of that because the market dictates he needs to be part of that then why wouldn't you consider it I mean, if you're willing to move a Vesna-winning goaltender, an elite-level goaltender, you know, a, a real solid two-way center in Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, those are two big holes in your veteran lineup. So why wouldn't you consider what the market looks like for Mark Shifley as well and get it all done in one offseason so the new group coming in finds a way to grow together? But that's up to the market. You know, you're not driving Mark Shifley to the airport and just yeah. unloading the, the asset here. You've got to get quality return. And I, I think the potential is there for that. Yeah. Whether it's around Winnipeg, fellas, or just around the National Hockey League, we're, we're, we're hearing about bold conversations around the league. And I think that that was exemplified recently with a three-way trade with the Los Angeles Kings, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Philadelphia Flyers, where a real good player – in Provorov ends up in Columbus and the Blue Jackets aren't done yet. I mean, general managers who have faced disappointment are hungry right now to improve their team, both on the short term and the long term. NHL Insider with TSN, Darren Dreger joining us here on Jets at Noon. Darren, thanks so much for your time. Always appreciate it and, and, and take care, okay? Yeah, you bet, guys. It's going to be interesting the next several weeks, for sure. Yeah, thanks a lot, Darren. Really appreciate uh, him being on the program, having a big voice like his, of course, uh, um, highly involved in, in a lot of the things that go on, you know, behind the scenes in the National Hockey League. But one of the things I take from that, Jim, is, is and, I, and I think that this is, can you know, in there's there's a lot of sort of strife when you see the names of these guys, big parts of this organization for for many many years. You know, maybe not maybe not Pierre Luc Dubois. I wouldn't consider him a part of that. But listen, you trade you traded your second overall pick to acquire him, right? He's he, he's yeah. directly attached to Patrick Liney. But the opportunity here is to first of all change the culture of the team, and second of all is to fill those holes in the lineup. Right, and you're creating holes, just as Darren Dreger just was speaking about. You're creating holes by also, by obviously moving, perhaps your two top centers in Shifley, PLD, and 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 Connor Hellebuck. Those are obviously going to be big holes that you're going to open up there. But it, it you can you can find guys with these trades to fill those holes, 
They might be two B's, two A's. You're, you're probably not going to, just as you, you were saying, uh, you're, you're trading Hawaii for, for Florida here or, or whatever. California, doesn't matter. But it, it might end up being a much more balanced team that is going to be more effective down the line. If you just talk Hellebuck and Dubois, in my opinion, let's look at Dubois. Okay. So he went for Patrick Laine and Jack Rosovic, and it was him and a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Is he not a better player than when he was required? acquired? Yeah. So you're going to get two assets to three. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to get you two players, not maybe of his ilk, but two mm-hmm. to three players and something else. Maybe just the three. Fair enough. Two players yeah. and a pick. Then you go Hellebuck, and Hellebuck is going to get you a king's ransom. Mm-hmm. I think you're talking two to three players and maybe two more assets. But if it's less than that, then the return is going to be more quality. Correct. So line A for... for Dubois, prolific goal scorer for very good two-way center. Mm -hmm. If if it's not that, then it's probably a second-line center or a second-line winger and a top-four D-man and something else. Yeah. So I think when you trade these two assets, you're getting four to six players back and maybe some picks. Mm -hmm. And then you have Mark Scheifele. So I just think that culture-wise, team-wise, contract-wise, everything. That's why I like the Rangers. Like I, I think you try to get Heedle out of there, but they, they yeah. want Heedle, Zabinijad, and Dubois down the middle, most likely. So then you look at Schneider. He's yeah. on an ELC, the defenseman, um, uh, first-round pick. And if you can get him and Vincent Trocek, which they would have to move, which I think Vincent Trocek, even though he signed for the next six years at 29 years old to $5.6 million, yeah. That's a second line center on this team. Do you want to do all do all these? So trades? you get it. Yeah. Sorry, you oh, get an ELC first round pick D man. You get a, you know, and and they might say they might balk at that and go, you got to take Lafreniere or Kako Kako, and maybe that's part yeah. of it. I don't know what the Jets scouting staff feels of that, but then you go okay, and you pick up the phone, and you call LA. Mm-hmm. Do you have to make all these moves at once? No, because if you look at it and say, okay, PLD is going to go and we're going to acquire these pieces. I think these other guys are going to go because eventually you're going to have to acquire a goaltender in this situation. I think you're visiting all of it at the same time because then you're going to say, well, if I can get a D-man here, then maybe I don't have to ask them for this D-man. I can go this way and stuff. But I don't think it all. I don't think you're going to have like Thursday Dubois dealt, Friday Hellebuck's dealt. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that would be great for us. But um, I, I think... I think I think Dubois is probably going to be dealt within the next week to two weeks. I have no insight on that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that this lingers well. Yeah. And I think that teams also don't want it to linger. They'd like to know going into the draft if they have his services and what kind of contract that looks like. Yeah. But it could all end up at the draft. It could be two days before the draft. It could be on draft day. It could be two days. At, but I think Dubois goes first. And then I think, man... it. <sighs> We're going to have Craig Button on, but he said last night with Jay Onright, I just, I don't know a team that even has goaltending that wouldn't look at this and go, wait a minute. And that's where I think the goaltender comes back. It doesn't have to be that goaltender, but I don't know if you're not acquiring a goalie. It doesn't have to be in the Hellebuck trade, but I don't know. I think there are teams out there that have their goaltending set for the next two to three years Mm -hmm. that might go, I would prefer to have Connor Hellebuck than this goalie. If we can acquire him. Yeah, that's a little situation. And it's does do the Winnipeg Jets break from tradition, Jim, because we heard from Darren Dreger in the first part of that conversation um, saying that he doesn't his sense on it is that the Winnipeg Jets are not too anxious to get any of this stuff done. I believe that 
for what my opinion is worth, I believe that's a mistake. I think this needs to be dealt with in a timely well, it, manner. I mean, who knows what the conversations are and how, yeah. but, but I think Darren Drager brings up a good point is I think there's a lot of disappointed teams out there. Yeah. I think New Jersey's one of them. I think New, the New York Rangers are one of them. Boston. I th- well, Boston. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't think that happens again, but Boston is also losing some very key pieces, right? Like is right. Bergeron coming back? Is he not? I mean, if Bergeron has gone, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I know he yeah. wants to go to Montreal and <laughs> Boston is their heated rival, but, and then Mark Shifley, like if you're, if Bergeron is retiring and they just paid him six mil, do you not go for one year? This is a great, I mean, I know the defensive, but yeah. I mean, but you, on, you're but bringing a team in a like player Boston, who's, a point, sense, who's yeah. a point a game player and then who just scored 42 goals. He wasn't point a game this year, but scored 42 goals as a replacement for Bergeron. And then you have the whole season to look at re-upping him. It makes a lot of sense, particularly on a very defensive team like Boston, who's got some real great, who who has good goaltending that's balanced up by great defensive play. Mark Scheifele is going to come in there. He's not going to match anywhere close Bergeron as a defense, selkie, like all-time selkie winner here. It's not going to happen, but he's definitely... Can I throw something crazy at you? Which Rolf, I, I yeah. don't think it's going to happen because it's the West, and I, I the Jets want to deal Hellebuck to the East. They really do. Yeah, but sometimes the but best return I'm, isn't going to come I know from this, there. This, I know this isn't going to happen. I shouldn't even say it, but I like to stir the pot a bit. If I'm Ken Holland. Don't even go there. I'm you a need goal, to stop. I'm a goalie away. Don't do it. Don't say it. I can see where you're going with this, Jim. You think you think that that could even... I, I'm with you there. Connor Hellebuck with the Edmonton Oilers looks really, really good. But what are you going to get? But you I just get? I just throw that out there because there's 20 teams like that. Yeah, they have Stuart Skinner. He's the goalie of the future there. I do believe in him as much as he struggled in the playoffs, especially against too. Vegas. I, I believe do, in I him. I do too. I do too. But is he ready next year? Because McDavid's contract's up in two years. Maybe not. Maybe not. And I'm just throwing it out there because there's a team whose goaltending is solidified, is it not? You got Campbell under contract, and you got Skinner who's ready. They got the Campbells the problem. Like that well, means yeah. that means that if they're going to make a deal, they're going to want to send him out, and that does not but work. My point to this is, even with your goaltending set, do you not go, man? One year at six million, Connor Hellebuck. If I could make that work. Well, we'll ask this very question of Craig Button when he joins us on Thursday. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Hey, uh, a certain guy that just won the Memorial Cup is stepping down. Why is Patrick Waugh stepping down from the Quebec Remparts? Well, he says it has nothing to do with this. Completely nothing. That remains to be seen. I'll tell you all about it after this. And the Senators have a new owner. These are gone bonkers. It's a game day, for God's sake. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Final minute and a half of the program here. The Ottawa Senators have a new owner, uh, Toronto-based businessman Michael Andlauer, uh, previous owned 10% of the Habs, uh, sole owner of the OHL's Hamilton Bulldogs. I mean, new ownership, what do we know? It's a Canadian team. 950, I think, is the number. We'll wait and see. Is he going to be a good owner? Well, the Ottawa Senators fans are going to tell us in five or six years. Um, but uh, Patrick Waugh officially stepping down from his role as head coach and GM of the Quebec Remparts. He says, does that have anything to do with a possibility from an NHL team acquiring about a position? Roy says, absolutely none. 
Maybe, maybe not now. Maybe not at that point. He said, oh, wait, 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 wait. And now all of a sudden it's picking up. Winning the, winning the Memorial Cup sparked the Patrick Waugh fuel fire, which we know is out of control at most times. Yes, it's exactly. And he's going to come out of retirement, and he's going to play for the Jets. Wow. I think you're right. All the coaching vacancies are done, so maybe this is something that happens Patrick mid-season. Patrick Harvard home will lead the Jets onto the ice this year. And yeah. the Jets will lead the league in goaltender penalties. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Jim you want to get nuts? Take, let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. Jim Tolles will take you all the way to 3 o'clock. Jason, thanks so much for producing the show today. Great job, man. Uh, that's it for me. I'll be back. Sam Dunwar. I'll see you. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.